This is the Future of Device Management Podcast, brought to you by Fleet. I'm your host, Zach Wasserman, CTO and co-founder of Fleet. Now, let's jump right into today's episode. Welcome to the show. And today, we've got Mike Arpaia. Some of you might know him as the creator and visionary of, of OS Query. Mike is today a partner at Moonfire Ventures over in Europe, investing in uh, seed stage companies. Welcome, Mike. Hey, thanks for having me. Super psyched. Awesome. Well, Mike, so glad to have you. And I think we're going to spend most of the time today focusing on the OS Query story and, and the work that you and I did together at Facebook. But before we do that, I'd love to get a, you know a bit of a sense of where you're at today. So you've evolved through the security scene up into machine learning, and now you're an investor. So like, tell us a little bit about that story. <laughs> yeah, so my um, OS query is at this like super critical point, I think in my like journey through technology, which started in like offensive security as a penetration tester, working at these two startups in New York, these two like sort of boutique consultancies in New York, GDS and ISEC partners, which later got bought by NCC Group. And I was mostly focused on like operating system security, cryptography, secure protocols, network security, and stuff like this. And ultimately, I got like kind of more and more excited by writing software to like automate all of the offensive security work than I was by like doing the red teaming and offensive security work. So I went to go work with Zane Lackey at Etsy as a software engineer, and then a senior software engineer, mostly focused on like, basically, engineering systems to generate telemetry from the Mac OS and production Linux fleet for host intrusion detection. And I built this system that was like kind of a precursor to OS query and learned a lot about sort of like Mac OS based operating system intrusion detection and like telemetry generation and like all of the available operating system libraries and stuff like this. Did that for a bit and then uh, took that knowledge to Facebook and with the explicit intention of sorting out operating system intrusion detection and operating system analytics for production Linux and Mac OS specifically, which were sort of like way falling behind uh, the like very mature Windows vendor ecosystem at that time. Worked a lot at Facebook on both like telemetry generation with OS Query with you and Teddy and like the whole family there, but also started to get more and more into the production data analytics side of things there because there was so much telemetry being generated from OS Query from that massive fleet. That sort of anomaly detection and large-scale data analytics is super necessary. And that put me on this track of focusing more and more on like machine learning and technical data analytics and stuff like this, such that we then, after Facebook, co-founded Collide together, And after sort of we both left that, I went to focus more on like technical machine learning, specifically deep learning for natural language processing. And I went to work at Workday, where I was doing machine learning for natural language processing within the professional domain on like entities like companies and people, learning content, job descriptions, and like all of these like very language rich entities within the professional domain. And ultimately, I really loved the technical subject matter of deep learning for natural language processing applied to large-scale search and recommendation infrastructure within the professional domain. But I really didn't like working at a large-scale slow-moving corporate enterprise like Workday. So when I moved to London, I was kind of looking for something new that was a bit more fast-paced and entrepreneurial, but in like similar technical subject matter. And I was really lucky to be introduced to Matthias Langeman, who's like a super famous venture capitalist in Europe, who co-founded another venture capital firm called Atomico with this uh, guy called Nicholas Sendstrom, who's the CEO and creator of Skype and Kazaa and stuff like that, RDO, and like all of these uh, apps. 
And he has sort of had this vision for a new kind of like early stage venture capital firm that was basically like a technology company that did venture rather than a venture capital firm that used technology and that would be built from the ground up to use software data and machine learning to optimize and accelerate every aspect of the venture capital lifecycle from sourcing to screening to evaluation to deal execution to portfolio support to all of this stuff. So I think there's a lot of ways that you can reason about sort of like sourcing, screening and evaluation as like machine learning based search and recommendation problem. And uh, this is like largely like mathematically, methodologically how we approach it at Moonfire. So I sort of have this uh, super fun role where I get to spend like 50 to 75% of my time as CTO slash chief scientist of this machine learning based venture capital firm. And then the rest of my time is split between pretty traditional like venture capitalist type activities like uh, meeting founders and investing and supporting the portfolio. And just like generally, I spend a lot of time like trying to be a resource for portfolio companies like Fleet. So uh, yeah, really awesome to uh, now have this relationship with you as well after uh, so many different ways that we've worked together over the years. Yeah, and it's cool for me to see there's this common thread for you of really, you know, being a technologist at heart, you're really thinking about the hard problems and how technology can be applied to solving them. And I love to see how you kind of light up as you think through that experience of your career of those problems that you've tackled. So Mike, stepping back towards your days at Etsy, so you built a system that was kind of a precursor to OS Query there. What were the motivations for doing that? And then what kind of challenges did you end up encountering? And how did all of that influence the eventual genesis of OS Query? Yeah, for sure. I haven't thought about this in kind of a long time. So I hope I uh, kind of like get all the facts straight. But basically, I went to Workday, or I went to Etsy rather, and explicitly wanted to work on like all of the three different pillars of the security organization at that time from a software engineering perspective, which were infrastructure, network, and application security. And the first several months of my role were very broad along those three pillars. But I eventually sort of, I think there was like a bit of an event, like we had an incident or something where the point of compromise was a Mac OS operating system based, like there was some Mac malware. And it was pretty insignificant. And it was sort of like drive by malware, but it really like drove home how much little insight we had into the Mac fleet and how significant of an entry point that was into the corporate environment, and how good of a place for lateral movement the corporate environment was at the time. So that really motivated like trying to pursue creating something ourselves here because there was a super gap in the market. And for me, like I was like really into sort of like software engineering at that time and really into like approaching security as a software problem, which is something that like I think has become more prevalent now, but for sure wasn't the case at the time. So that was definitely like something I was trying to drive forward. So I saw this awesome opportunity to work on like this fun engineering problem, which would be like generating real-time telemetry from Mac OS and Linux machines for the security intrusion detection uh, operating system analytics use case. Yeah, and I remember when you came to Facebook and you had the vision for OS Query, you also seemed to have a really strong vision of what you'd learned from that experience at Etsy in terms of what didn't work and what you wanted to do different in OS Query. So can you tell us more about what those learnings were that you were bringing into the initial design of OS Query? Yeah, for sure. And I think they fall across like a few different domains too. I think there were like some software engineering things that I learned and like how to work effectively in this 
software domain. There were, we like open sourced a bit of that code and infrastructure at Etsy. And I learned a lot about open source software in that release. And I think like Midas didn't really like work as an open source product as well as uh, I would have liked it to. So I uh, learned a lot about open source insecurity and some nuances there. And I actually gave a talk at Velocity like several years ago about that specific comparison, like Midas versus OS Query from the open source efficacy perspective, if that's interesting. And then there was also like, so there's software, there's open source, and then there's this perspective towards how people interacted with it. And then there was also, I think, a bit of a set of learnings around sort of like the distribution of capabilities and stuff like this. So if I enumerate those from a software engineering perspective, I think the main thing I learned was that so Midas was written in Python and operating systems aren't written in Python. So like, you know, to get a lot of information, we were shelling out at the time. Now in retrospect, could have been using C-based Python modules or something like this. Or nowadays you have PyO3 to write like Rust-based Python modules, which is really cool as well and has really good C interop. But like at the time, sort of like the, all of this infrastructure and tooling is very arduous. So the information acquisition was all shelling out and like executing processes to work with like system utilities. And that just got really, uh, really slow and resource intensive and, you know, exec VEs really expensive syscall so and like we're also very limited by like um not being able to have like thread-based concurrency for compute because of the global interpreter lock in python so basically just like from a performance perspective like it needed to be really fast especially for devices like workstations because if people's fans go on because of your software they get really upset with you so that was a big one and like it needed to be a lot faster and like lower resource utilization especially for like production environments so the way that one extended the capabilities of this tool that I built at Etsy was by writing these Python-based modules that would like do the acquisition of the operating system information. And like you kind of wrote this imperative code to go like acquire this bit of telemetry and then you'd pass it back to this data manager. And this data manager would then save that and then like do it again later and like diff them. And it was sort of like a precursor to like OS query, like differential queries, if you will. But instead of articulating a SQL query, you'd like write this Python code, which I thought was like a reasonable developer experience. But I was on a team with a bunch of folks who sort of like didn't really come from a software engineering background and like didn't necessarily like want to have their user experience be the writing software. They were like more sort of like familiar and working with a like configuration based environment. And like Etsy has like a big chef culture. We did at the time. So I needed something that was like way faster than Python, but like easier to use than Python. And I was like, oh my God, this is like impossible. And then the other thing was like, and this kind of ties the last piece about like distributing capabilities and like open source is like one of the things that was like challenging with Midas is that like when we open source it, we open source the platform, but we didn't open source any of our modules. And the sort of platform has like much less utility if there's no module. So I needed a way to like distribute like usefulness without necessarily giving away sort of like what we were specifically doing for intrusion detection at the organization, which then I took at Facebook and sort of uh, spent a lot of time sort of like mulling over trying to like resolve something within this domain. And ultimately, I had this idea to expose an operating system as a relational database where instead of having in, you know, MySQL or something like this, your table is like this file on disk that's like in a super optimized file format that is like read from by the SQL engine. But I was like, what if, you know, instead of that, we had a table that could be like these abstract operating system concepts that could then be read from in real time such that it felt really fast and like had this familiar way of interacting. And at Facebook, every, like there's like a super heavy SQL culture. Everyone loves SQL and there's like all these internal tools that are SQL based. So that definitely was like very inspiring as I was like going through Facebook engineering bootcamp and stuff like that. So yeah, it was a pretty out there idea at the time, but I thought of it and proposed it to Joran. 
Jordan McReynolds, who's my manager at the time. And I expected him to kind of just be like, oh, Mike, I don't know, this is a little out there, like maybe you should work on something else, which is certainly what would have happened at Etsy, in my opinion. But at Facebook, it's super interesting because Facebook has so many problems that no other business has really or has ever had before. So there's like much more of an established precedent of like, ah, we have this fundamentally net new challenge or like there's a fundamentally like net new solution here, like let's give it a go. Um, So there's like cultural acceptance of innovation that is just awesome from an engineering perspective. So Jorn was like, hey man, like, yeah, put together proof of concept, like code wins arguments, which is a super part of like the Facebook engineering culture and worked on it for a little bit, spent a bunch of time, like learning how to write like lexers and parsers for SQL and like tried to like figure out how it was going to like write the SQL query language, integrate sort of like abstract operating system tables into this and uh, went through like a few different approaches to that with like um, Flex and Bison and like the Boost Spirit parser and then ultimately settled on SQLite virtual tables for way easier. And yeah, and it offered this like really nice capability because you can write well, you know, if you go like watch the early like OS query talks or read those blog articles, one of the things we talk about pretty often is like OS query allows you to give away all of the answers without giving away all of the questions, I uh, like to say. So like all of the tables are there and articulate the entire like answer space. But just because there's like a launch D table and a file system table doesn't mean that you know anything about like how Facebook or Uber uses launch D data to detect compromise or anything like that. So um, even for like, you know, advanced threats, you can sort of like maintain your configuration-based SQL queries, but while still distributing a bit of software that has like generically useful capabilities. So that was a big part of like solving that problem space as well. Yeah, and I, I heard you mention the sort of genesis of using SQL as the language for expressing the questions, if you will. And it seems like these days, you know, in the time since OS Query, a number of products or projects have come out starting to use SQL as an abstraction. Things like Ask Git, which is SQLite backed and uses virtual tables and lets you look at Git repositories. Things like Cloud Query, that's I believe is Postgres backed and looks at cloud infrastructure. But at the time, I'm not aware of any other projects that were kind of Abusing the SQL concept in that way to fit non-database data into that language. So I'm curious, you know, what got you thinking of doing that? As you said, it sounds like it was an evolution from Python and, and you saw some issues that the team you were working with encountered using Python. But I wonder how it was that you came to see SQL as the answer. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think there were a few other instances of this kind of abuse of SQL, as as you say. Specifically, I think like Postgres foreign data wrappers and I think some other, like probably some other use cases as well. I didn't know about them really at the time. I had like spent a fair bit of time at Etsy working on like our sharded MySQL architecture and it's like really into relational database infrastructure. And obviously, as you know, Facebook has really powerful, robust relational data infrastructure as well. And then like created Presto internally and had like basically the entire HBase team at the time working there. So there's this like really significant culture at Facebook around SQL. So, you know, there are definitely like um, giants that I could have stood on the shoulders of, but like, unfortunately, like kneecapped myself by not and had to like probably come to some of those same conclusions independently. 
But it was really like, I needed something that was like a really effective sort of like security engineer or like infrastructure engineer, like developer experience where someone could like open up a shell and like have this, you know, easier developer experience that was like a bit more amenable to being distributed via configuration A. And then the other thing was oftentimes like both data scientists and security engineers operate in this sort of like um, exploratory way where you're sort of exploring an environment or exploring a bit of data or what have you. And SQL is really amenable to like, I write a query and then I add a few conditions and then I join it with something else. And then I get a few more fields from both of these tables and put them together. And, you know, you can iteratively put together a query that like returns a result set that's like really interesting and really complicated. And then sort of using the rest. And then the whole OS query ecosystem was based on the fact that like you can have this iterative experience of finding this like really interesting information, which was originally represented via OS query I, and I think is now most effectively represented via something like fleet live queries where you can sort of like really iterate on finding like the awesome set of information about your infrastructure and then take that and schedule it as a snapshot query or schedule it as a differential query and like use the entire OS query ecosystem to have this format of articulating what information you want from your infrastructure at what time. So it just plugged really nicely into both like the developer experience being really amenable to like in-process integration with operating system data acquisition, as well as having this developer experience that was really amenable to the user base. Yeah, and I've certainly found that to be one of the most compelling and kind of joyful things about working with OS Query is that ability to riff on a query. Maybe you get a query from someone else, or maybe you just cook up an initial query and then start to see what that data looks like start to massage it and filter it in different ways until you're really focused down on the things that you're most interested in. And I think that it's so cool how easy that is to do when you're working with SQL like that. So I love using it as that abstraction. Yeah, and if you've ever worked on a team that uses OS Query for operating system monitoring, I'm sure you've maybe considered having like a bit of a query party. Uh, where you get a bunch of people together and maybe like screen share writing out a query and you sort of all take turns like adding to it or trying to put together like having a bit of like an hour-long hackathon where you try to write queries that like really get interesting information and like just really like rack your brain around like trying to put together these tables to like do some really interesting operating system analytics which you know if it's something that if you're just rolling out OS query your organization is like a fun way to I think get your team involved as well and really like uh, get some different perspectives on like different ways that you can approach operating system monitoring and analytics for sure. I know I've done that at a few different companies and it's super fun. Totally. Yeah. I love to show people like this is all you have to do really like to get at new kinds of data and, and ask novel questions that you weren't aware of before. And people do seem to get really excited sometimes when they see that, you know, you don't have to be a programmer to do this. Like a lot of folks can pick up SQL and become pretty skilled. I always think of Fritz, who is still the designer at Collide, I believe. And he is like an absolute ninja with OS Query SQL. Yeah, Fritz is something else, really. And like, he's a perfect example of someone who came from this background, which was like UX design, and like really took to the SQL concept and has just like written, I think, for sure, some of the most like, incredible OS query queries that I've ever seen. Yeah. So Mike, when did you know that it was really working? I know you had a vision early on that that we would open source this work that we were doing. And I imagine that was motivated by you wanted other people to use it. But when did you have a sense that like, oh, yeah, other people really are going to use this? 
Yeah, it's a really good question. And I guess it seems like pretty obvious now. And there's all these other tools that use SQL. It seems like, yes, yeah, a clear thing that one would do. Like, of course, this should exist kind of thing. But at the time, it really didn't. And we made it and there was like a, some resistance within like the org at Facebook on whether or not we should be spending our time on this. And there was like, uh, when we open sourced it, it definitely like people were interested and there was like a bit of a community, especially like in the Mac OS security and like the Linux security communities in the Bay Area as well. But we sort of went on, a, me and Joran and uh, you were there and Teddy and Javier a bit, like went on a bit of a road show to like different tech companies in the Valley and to, like um, just talking to other security orgs, trading notes about how we do operating system analytics and like showing them OS query and stuff like this. And it was probably like, you know, six months to a year after open sourcing it when like a few big companies started adopting it and using it internally. And then there was also like some movement where some people went from like one company to another and then like introduced OS query again at their next organization where lots of like lighthouse companies in the Bay Area were all using OS query because it was like a for us by us thing. It was like we were security engineers working on this problem that we all had and sort of like, hey, we're working on this problem. It's open source. Like, do you want to work on this problem? It's open source and permissively licensed. And we sort of like started collaborating together. And um, once there was like, a, I don't know, a point, maybe like six to 12 months after um, initial open source, which I think was in um, October or November of 2014, if I recall correctly. And yeah, it was, uh, it was about a year after probably where there was like started to be like a, what felt like a critical mass of like organizations in the area that had adopted it. Yeah. And it certainly seemed to me like some people who were initially skeptics on the Facebook security team moved on to other organizations and their skepticism must have been turned around because they brought OS Query to those new organizations. You know, look, I don't want to be like, aha, they were wrong or whatever. But like, I'm just saying, like, ultimately, like, I think it's totally plausible when if you work in an organization that like is super like has a lot to do and you're sort of working on something that seems like pretty far out and um a longer term that like it's always it's totally fair to be reasoning about whether or not this is like the most effective allocation of you know employee time and stuff like this so and ultimately i think one point at which was like really i think influential in like for winning sort of like over love and affection internally was when there was a first mvp of uh, os query i uh, and when, you know, the virtual table API was there and sort of like you had all of the full capabilities of uh, the SQL query language and then like a few initial, I think the first tables, if I recall correctly, were like file and hash. And maybe LaunchD was pretty early as well. And when you could do this to be like enumerate all of the binaries that are like launched persistently by LaunchD and take the hash and like tell me whenever that changes. And it was just like, you know, really, really quick to like pull all these different bits of information together really fast to enumerate that. It's like really demoable as well. And at that point, people were like, ooh, this could be really cool. I see, like now I see this like the level of like ease that you could get this like really interesting information with. Yeah, and it's cool. And something that's really demoable like that also transfers to being really useful in real life, which I think is the reality that OS Query achieved. And that's why so many folks are still using it these days. Yeah, for sure. And it's so cool. And I think one thing that has been really like just awesome for me is like, I remember when Chris Long went from Facebook to Uber and like introduced Facebook at Uber or something and uh, wrote to me and was like, hey, man, I just used like a deployed query and I just used it to find some compromise before it like had did any did any damage. I found it immediately and like sort of like it was awesome. And I like it was it looked really sketchy, but like I totally was able to lock it down because of was query. And it was like, so other organizations were starting to like get in touch with me personally and be like, hey, I use OS Query. 
I like protected the organization. I like kept users safe. I kept my colleagues safe and like, I'm so happy. Like there's just no, everyone who works, I feel like in software security wants to figure out ways that they can like scale their influence. And like, for me, it was always such a big motivation to like the best way that I thought that I could try to like really scale my ability to like keep the internet safe was by like building foundational open source information security software. And it's just, it's so amazing that that's like still going, even though like I'm perhaps less involved with like the OS core ecosystem as I once was. So that's really, I'm like really happy about that. Really proud of that. And it's sort of a super humbling. Yeah, that's awesome. And I'm glad you got to that because I wanted to ask, you know, how it feels to see this thing that was kind of your baby and your vision grew so much with the team around you who helped you build it at Facebook and then just being adopted across so many organizations, eventually OS Query Project being given to the Linux Foundation and it's continuing to live on today in its open source form and, and being deployed with a bunch of different commercial products and stuff. So I guess you already answered the question, but it's cool to see that you're kind of excited about where it's gone since your initial guidance. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely awesome. And I think you articulate it in a way that's super, you know, kind to me. But as you know, like, there were a bunch of us early on working on stuff. And I think I was like a key OS query advocate in the early days. But really, as a bunch of people probably know, but a bunch of people probably don't know, sort of the way that engineering at Facebook works is like for every commit that you make into like the production code base, you have to have like at least one person, one other engineer say yes uh, and approve the diff. And there's like a very like rigorous sort of perspective on code review. And I was one of three software engineers in the security org at the time. And one of the others was you, as you'll recall. So and Zach was sort of the reviewer on the first, I think, six uh, OS Creed diffs or whatever. And then like seven was by you or something. So even like from, from the earliest days, and then like Teddy came along. And I really see there was like a me, I think, era of OS Creed. There was like a Teddy era of OS Creed. Um, there's like a post-Ted era of OS Creed and stuff. So there's all these like eras of OS Creed. I'm really like happy to have done some work that was hopefully useful in the beginning. But I think there's so many other people that have done so much useful work and so much good work. So I think it's something that I'm certainly proud of, but I think it's something that like, there's so many other people that have done so much work that they should be proud of as well. And I'm really proud to have like uh, collaborated on that with them and that it keeps go going strong and continues to be a project that like people are inspired by and stuff like that. So. Absolutely. I love that. And, and this is one of the things that I most love about open source, the, the communities that we build and the shared experience of making something that's useful to people's lives. And we've still got a lot of amazing folks working on OS Query and new folks stepping in all the time, whether just out of pure curiosity or because their organization is going to deploy it or going to use it as part of their product. But bringing this level of community into securing endpoints is, is just something that I've loved. Yeah, no, and I especially love the community that OS Query has the ability to bring together too, because you have this like code base that's like relatively technical and like written in C with like hot hooks into like C and Objective C and all of this. And then you have, but it was like goal is to provide like a developer experience that's approachable to people who might not have like a robust 
coding background. And like, there's like a lot of opportunities for that demographic of people to contribute as well, as well as sort of like uh, lots of other folks that uh, sort of might be able to help with a lot of different things that the project needs. I've definitely like gained a perspective from working on OS Query that like every open source project has stuff that it needs help with across every domain. So if you're ever like interested in an open source project and want to like get involved, like there's always something you can do no matter what. So OS Query, I think, has a somewhat interestingly unique ability to just be able to pull in people from like all different like levels of technical know-how and walks of life. And it's really cool. Yeah, it's a really cool community. Awesome. Well, Mike, thank you so much for coming on and chatting about the early days of OS Query. Before you sign off, do you have any parting wisdom or thoughts as far as, you know, you've seen a lot of different domains now through security through machine learning through investing you know what would be the advice that you'd give to people who are thinking about you know maybe they're in a big company and maybe they're in a small company but they're embarking on this journey of let's figure out how to understand what's going on on the systems that we manage like any parting advice for those folks ultimately in my opinion it always makes sense to reason about really like understanding and taxonomizing the data that you can have available to you and trying to like take a really good sort of like, you know, start at the domain model and really like understand like what are the key types within your object space that you're looking to enumerate. And maybe like in this context specifically, that might be driven by your infrastructure and like infrastructure diagrams and the things you want to monitor about it. And like maybe OS query tables will represent like a good place to look for like domain types about the components of your infrastructure and stuff like this. And really think about like what data is available to you. And then just like challenge yourself to whether it's the principles of statistical learning or the deep learning textbook by Yasha Bengio you know, challenge yourself to really like, all right, what is this like data format? Is it natural language? Is it tabular data? Is it time series? And like, what is sort of the analytics that one can do? Like what's available? If you're trying to model like large scale infrastructure, like you have a graph and there's like really interesting research that's going on on like graph neural networks and stuff like this that you can use for interesting like data analysis and anomaly detection. So the way that I personally would like to approach stuff like that is by yeah enumerating the data model understanding the like things that you want to track about that data model over time and how you want to reason about it and sort of like what things might emerge when the events that you're looking for are occurring and then reason about like that bit of data from like a fundamental level reason about like what kind of analytics is fundamentally possible what could we learn from this over time and then sort of like yeah just take this very like holistic domain driven you know data understanding perspective and i think this is like a a repeatable way to do like sustainable analytics in the infrastructure space awesome well i've got some reading to do it sounds like <laughs> don't we all <laughs> uh mike thank you so much is there anywhere that folks can catch you on socials any conferences coming up anything like that yeah, I go uh, on Twitter as Mike Arpaia, M-I-K-E-A-R-P-A-I-A. -A -A. Uh, my personal website is arpaia.xyz. And from there, you can find me on like Discord and Strava or whatever, you want to, uh, whatever floats your boat, really. As far as conferences, the only conference that I'm currently lined up for is I'll be at the Solana Hacker House in a few weeks. And I'll also be at Solana Breakpoint. I spend a lot of time like developing in the Solana community these days, um, which is quite fun. And sort of like has interesting applications into OS query with like verifiable distribution of configuration and stuff, which we can maybe talk about some other time. But yeah, so that's it for now. But if you're ever in London or in the Europe or in the UK or anything, then feel free to uh, get in touch for sure. 
Awesome. And we'll drop those links into the show notes. Thank you so much, Mike, and enjoy your weekend. And we'll look forward to having you back on to talk more about Solana, Web3, how it all ties into OS Query. And I have a lot more questions that I'd love to ask about, you know, your evolving vision for this space. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me.